Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host mother hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Sharon Janes said, Successful mothers are not the ones that have never struggled. They are the ones that never give up despite the struggles. My special guest today is amazing at going through her struggles and saying that it doesn't have to be all or nothing when it comes to fitness and raising your children. You can do a little bit every day, and it's about creating a daily habit that can get you to the wheel of success. It's that little things that you do on a daily basis, and that's going to get you to your larger and bigger success. I am super impressed by what she's built. If you look at her Instagram profile, she has built a following, if not close to 100,000, it's probably over 100,000 by now. And it's amazing what she said in this podcast that you're about to hear is that she had built that Instagram profile and following organically. She did not want to pay for a lot of ads to build following that are not authentic, that are not genuine. And she wanted to attract a tribe of mothers to instill the the athlete in them and to encourage them that they can do it while they're raising their children. People, you are going to love this woman. Jennifer has an amazing story. Jennifer has done well for herself in terms of getting her fit no matter what time of day, no matter what struggles she comes across with. She's someone to follow along. So get ready and buckle up. And we're about to go get the hustle started. Galman, yes. Galman. Cool. So let me just go through your um, bio here because you have a long, nice bio. (laughs) Hope it's not too long. (laughs) I think it's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. 
So Jennifer is a certified American Council on Education trainer with specialties in pre and postnatal fitness, TRX. Now you'll have to tell me during our podcast what TRX mean, and then yoga and nutrition. She is a mother of four boys. Oh my goodness, I have two and you have times two. <laughs> but I do have to tell you really quickly, two was my hardest number. People never believe me, but I swear it was harder with just two. <laughs> really? Yeah, because you know, learning to juggle, it really was hard, at least for me, and I think probably for a lot of people. And so I think that's why a lot of people stop it too. But we just were crazy enough and kept going. And then three was so much easier. I think because the first two could play together and you kind of got over the hump and you figured out how to handle more than one. <laughs> wow. And um, she's a creator of BWMC Fitness with the mission of finding the athlete in every parent. And I love what you do. I mean, I look at your social media, especially your Instagram, and it's quite impressive. She's also co-founded UFIT, a YouTube channel. So catch her on YouTube. And I'm also doing this live on YouTube. Unfortunately, I can't put you on there, but I am kind of facing my YouTube channel right now. And I just started my YouTube channel. Um, with six fitness experts from around the world to inspire all levels of fitness that, that getting active can happen anywhere, anytime. And she is from absolutely California. She's from America, but you're currently in Hong Kong, but you've lived pretty much in a lot of places like Prague. Um, I don't even know some of these places, how to pronounce it. <laughs> Kyrgyzstan and um, where were we? Baku, Azerbaijan, and yeah, all over the place, which, you know, places I would have never thought to go, but my husband's work has brought us there and it's been quite an adventure. And I'm hooked. I've got the travel bug. <laughs> hey, you know, I like traveling. I've traveled in five countries, actually six countries in Southeast Asia, and Asia was a lot a lot cheaper than a lot of other places in the in the world. Sure. But wow, that's amazing. Yes, I love, I love the opportunity of it. It's fantastic. And I think it's fantastic for the boys. I mean, that's not something I grew up with. I moved around a lot. My dad was in the Navy, but we always stayed in the States. So I didn't really go abroad until I got married. And now it's been all over. <laughs> wow. So tell me a little bit about your journey, because obviously we all didn't get to our journey you talk about how you grew up and everything. So take us back, because I, you know, I personally um, grew up in the Philippines. I don't know if you've looked at some of my social media, but I, yeah. So for me, I was born in California, and my, as I said, my dad was in the Navy, and we moved all around the States, just basically like every two years, which is funny now with my husband's job, because I'm used to moving every two years, so I, it's, we're in Hong Kong now for three, and this is going to be our third year we're coming up to, and I'm already getting the itch, like, where are we going next? <laughs> but... Um, I was always very active and loved to swim and run and I was on the swim team and the track team and really enjoyed being active and my husband was always very active so we thought when we had a family that 
it shouldn't be too much of a challenge to keep that up. And boy, did I learn that it really can be and is. And I was really great before having kids about going to the gym and going to the spin classes and app classes, you name it, I love to try it. And so I really tried to keep that same routine up. I first came along and I thought, I'll just use the daycare. And um, that, it didn't go as planned, <laughs> just as so much doesn't. Yeah, I would drop, off my, <laughs> yeah, I'd drop off my oldest and of course he wasn't very happy to be left there. And often the babysitters would come get me to the point where I started to literally like turn around while I'd be on whatever machine it was. And it was not giving me what I needed it to. In fact, it was really stressful. So I, we also ended up moving to Prague shortly after having my first. And there it was tricky to find babysitters at gyms. And I said, you know what? It's time to get creative with my workouts. You know, the gym hasn't been working for me. Let's see what I can do at home around everyday moments with my one boy and then obviously as our family grew, the rest of our boys. And that was the beginning of really having some fun with getting creative with my workouts and realizing a lot can be done right at home. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Great. <laughs> wow. So, so this whole workout from home, and it's not even like workout from home as I'm seeing your Instagram it's mostly like workout when you can insert it in your lifestyle because you have a lifestyle, obviously, and in this whole entire podcast of mine is mother-centric. And, you know, in this new technologically advancement or advanced world, it is... Um, it's giving us a lot of opportunity to really be mom first, right? Definitely. And, and if I feel like there's a lot of moms that are taking full advantage of that, but there's also a lot of moms that are quite not there yet. And there's two parts of my mission in doing this podcast is number one, to really give that full validation to moms that are like you and me that are, you know, doing our work when we can, but we put our family first. And then there's that other group of moms that are not quite validated. They're confused whether they should go after their dreams or they should stay in the workplace or career that they have that is very well accepted by society. So how can you or what can you say to those moms because i think that there is that group of moms that are still quite on that crossroads yes um i think it's something that we're all trying to figure out i know for me i personally wanted to stay at home with my family when we started our family i was an assistant professor in special education and um, i decided to take leave and I was really excited about that, but also nervous about what I was leaving mm -hmm. behind. And which also was wonderful because because I wanted to put my family first during that period of time. And I still wanted to keep my fitness journey alive. That's what made me pursue becoming a trainer. And I noticed for a lot of other parents, 
when you become a mother, it's so easy to let so many other priorities that used to be priorities go. Mm -hmm. Self-care, um, whether it's your time for your health or just taking time for you, just a little bit of me time. And that's what made me really want to start working with preschool parents initially, where my son was going to preschool. I started connecting with a lot of preschool parents and saying, hey, right after you drop off your kids, let's get together and do a TRX workout, which by the way, stands for total body resistance exercise. I know oh. you had that in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I share workouts all the time about them, so you'll have to check it out. But um, it was a great way to connect with other parents and help them make time for their health but also me time, not just fitness, but also time to socialize and get away from always just putting the kids first. Because of course, when the kids are with you, naturally they become the priority. So it was really nice to have those layers put together, but I can definitely relate to the challenges of it and how hard it can be to keep your self-care and your yourself as a priority. Yeah, I know it's, um... And also that to go after that, because I think a lot of moms that have a career, right? They have to really struggle between to let it go or to stay home and find a way to still generate some revenue or income and contribute to the household. Because even though, frankly, we contribute a lot, even if we didn't bring income to the household, right? Um, one of my interview the other day had said, you know, a lot of moms don't put value into their skill set. And we do develop skill sets like uh, conflict resolution and, you know, run, being a CEO of the company, even because we run our households and then doing budgeting and everything. So a lot of us, when we're not quite an entrepreneur yet or a business person, we don't quite understand that those things apply in the business world. They really right? do. I mean, you think about how much you juggle every day, every second of every day. And it's really, I think about how much has changed in just my fitness level, but so much across the board. I know that I am now stronger as a person than before I had my kids. And that's not just physically, but emotionally and how much you can take on. But you're right, I think a lot of that comes back to society and how much we value mm -hmm. what's really happening at home. And I think it helps to remind each other that this is so important to help raise the future. But of course, you need to value it yourself and realize that when the time comes when your kids are older or you wanna get back in, there's so much you can contribute. And yeah, believing in that. So you have a lot of education, Jennifer, and I, and I look at your education. I mean, you have a PhD. That's kind of a big deal, <laughs> right? So how did you, how did you grapple with the fact that, you know, I, I went through this PhD, I have worked a lot and now, um, and it goes back to, we have so much opportunity to be mom first and, and being able to generate an income online with the technological advancement, social media coming along, the digital age, because I think the industrial age is slowly disappearing, although it's still there, right? Yes. And I believe that a lot of the education that we go through, and I'm, I'm uh, college educated too, I have my bachelor's degree in accounting, Fantastic. but there's 
Like I never use it, right? So do you, did you ever struggle with the fact that, um, you know, I went through this and you probably had either a student loan or paid a lot of money in tuition to go through this? Sure. We, you know, I think the biggest thing is how much time and energy I put towards my education. I always knew I wanted to keep going with it, but I also always knew I probably did want to take time off to mm. be with my family. I did pulled out till I had my first son to really know for sure, because, you know, you never know till you're yeah. on the other side of it. But um, as much as I felt, wow, you know, to get to this point, if I take the time off, it will never be quite the same. It would be quite a struggle to get back into it. Everything in my being felt, no, this is the right decision. So even at this time where um, I'm working and loving what I'm doing, and it's very different from what I started with, all of that really built um, quite a road to get me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. But Yes, I, I think, yes, there's that struggle to let go of everything you've done already, but I just kept looking forward knowing that I wanted to put the time towards my family. And I also knew it, in our circumstances that we were going to be moving around a lot abroad. So it was going to be a little bit easier. Either way, I'd be looking for different universities. So it was a special circumstance in some ways. Wow. So how are you able to, because I'm guessing because you have um, about a hundred thousand. Actually, I think you have a hundred thousand and growing, right? Down there, yes. Do you spend money on marketing yourself, or have you organically grown your following because of just the uniqueness of how you do things? Because I think you are probably the only one I've ever come across with that truly does what you do. I mean, it's hard. I have a struggle of just going to the gym every other day. <laughs> I agree. Just coming out the door is complicated, which is sometimes easier just to stay here and get it done. But um, yes, completely 100% organic. And wow. actually, I have never self-marketed um, as far as wanting, needing to promote or wanting to promote. And I've been really passionate about wanting it to truly be organic. Um, there's been so many opportunities to um, go a different route with that um, in order to, whether it be advertise things I didn't believe in, in order to grow, um, you name it, the opportunities are there. But mm -hmm. I just felt to do this the way I want, you have to look long term. I think there's a lot of quick ways to get to a certain place that you want to be. But if you really want it to last and you want it to be quality, You've got to do it the right way. It's a lot of work, but you've got to love it. And I do. And honestly, when I started, I put out a video. It was actually, what's funny enough, my husband, it was his idea. <laughs> he said, you know wow. what? All these ideas, why don't you make a video? And I thought, really? <laughs> I mean, this is three years ago. And it was New Year's Eve, 2014, so almost 2015. And I just went, okay, well, I have one idea, a laser tag workout, and let's video it. He, he took it the first time, and um, we put it out on Facebook, and I started a business page, and I thought, well, who knows? <laughs> and I got hooked because it was really exciting to watch when people respond to it. I mean, I really was hoping to just inspire, just mm -hmm. to say, hey, you know what? A lot of us struggle with making time for this. 
what if you try some of these ideas with your family at home, get a little creative with it. And honestly, as much as I've wanted to inspire, it has been so inspiring to see people reach out and respond to it and say, I've tried this. I never thought like to do just a few minutes versus a whole hour at the gym and just really rethink how you could fit it in. So it's, it, yeah, yeah. But in small uh, increments of time is what you're trying to do. I think it's for if you can do more, I, I always set out a goal for like, it would be great if I could get 30 minutes in. I mean, that is the goal, but almost always it's cut short because that's reality at home and with the family. I mean, how many things can you go 30 minutes straight on ever, <laughs> whether it's a meal or, you know, any uh, phone call, you know, everything's cut short, at least in my house. And I know a lot of other people could relate to that. So let's be realistic here. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think, I know a lot of people relate to, oh, but if I can't get the full 30 minutes or if I can't get the full hour, I'm not even gonna start. And I think that's where we chip ourselves up because I truly, truly believe consistency is the key. So if you can only get to 10 minutes most days of the week, that is better than getting to the gym twice a week, I think, because you're really gonna get into the habit of it and also, I found, you know, okay, if I just do 10 minutes, um, that's okay, I can do that. And then suddenly you can go a little bit longer because things are going rather well in the house or you got really into your workout and you got an energy boost. So I'll go a little bit longer and then suddenly it's 20 minutes and hey, that's a good workout. So it's, again, giving yourself the belief that if I do a little, it's okay. And I think that's wow. powerful. Wow, so you're saying that 10 minutes every day is better than twice a week for 30 well, minutes for me i found because so many people it's just getting out the door or whether they, maybe they don't have a gym membership or you have a gym membership but you find you don't use it because of all the obstacles of getting there or being there so hey let's let's make it more realistic for you if you mm -hmm. can get to the gym i think that's fantastic i mean again that's the great thing about motherhood as you learn along the way, we all have a different path. So yes. if it's your me time, take it. If it works for your family, that's wonderful. For me, there's been a lot of reasons why it hasn't. And the funny part is, is now I'm getting to a point where I could probably go to the gym more often, but mm. it's become such a habit to want to do this. And it's really fun to get creative with your workout so that um, you want to do it more often because it's fun. And that's, that's another key, I think, to keeping it fun and interesting. Wow. Yeah. So with me, like sometimes on my off days, I would just go ride bikes with my kids and just yeah. killing two birds with one stone and having fun with them. I have two boys, so they're, they're going to be 12 and nine this okay. year. But um, sometimes, though, I feel insufficient so I'm, I'm following a cross, I, have you heard of CrossFit before? Okay, I'm following the CrossFit discipline and there's a lot of discipline in fitness, right? Um, I don't quite lift heavy, heavy weights anymore, but I feel insufficient when I'm just riding a bike. Even if it's like a 20 minute ride bike type thing with my kids, um, I feel like I still have to go to the gym. What can you tell us about that? Well, I think there's a lot of body weight exercises you can do at home. And again, if you crave the gym, there's, it's a fantastic place to get fit as well. Um, but there are so many things you could be doing at home in order to still feel that resistance training. Um, 
one of the things I talked about earlier was the TRX, but even just using your body weight, uh, there's so, and also your boys. I don't know if, um, you know, if you've ever given them a piggyback ride or done a few squats with them on your shoulders. Yes. That you will feel real quickly. <laughs> so if, you, if you're really craving it and you can't get to the gym, you can use them as well. <laughs> wow. My oldest is real. I mean, he's really lanky and he's taller than me, oh, but yes. he's solid. Like, so, my boys too. yeah, he's heavy, yes. you know? <laughs> You need, you need a smaller mini to put up there. <laughs> but I have squatted with them when he was just, you know, a lot lighter than he is yeah. now. Yes. He's almost as bigger, like almost bigger than me. Oh my goodness. I know. It's so I, yeah, I noticed that you actually involve your kids in the workout. And I love that about, I mean, I, I just, you know, seeing your Instagram posts or even the whole Instagram that you have as I was reviewing it. I really love the fact that you include your kids. And sometimes, of course, your husband, he has to have his face covered, which like I could so relate because my husband does not like social media. He does not have a Facebook. He has this Instagram that he uses another name. He doesn't like his privacy being. Yes. Um, yeah. And I guess that's what makes it funny that this was all his idea. But um, I do love him jumping in there and it's it's been kind of fun to keep it that way <laughs> so I've had a couple because as you know this is a new podcast and I really am enjoying it because I have a lot of aha moments even for me you know I've been an entrepreneur since I was in college yeah. and um, even for me I'm, I'm I don't think we'll ever end learning right we're a lifelong learners but Absolutely. there's there's been a lot of aha moments for me, one of which was a um, lady that I interviewed today for my episode was she said that sometimes we tell our kids to go for it and we tell our kids to do, they could do whatever they want, they could be whoever they want if they set their mind to it and then we go back to our old ways and not we don't do what we tell our kids. And so she says, sometimes when she is like about to quit on her business or she's just frustrated, she remembers the fact that, um, what would I tell my kids if this was my children? And she also has boys. It's weird because most of the people that I'm <laughs> seem to be interviewing have boys. So do you think that by you, even though you have education and PhD and all these other accolades and the commas in your name, do you think that by you going after, you know, what you really want, which is being with them and being present with them. And at the same time, finding ways to truly generate some income to contribute to your household is helping nurture your kids into that, you know, hopefully someone that sees, because I think there's one way of, okay, there's one way of telling your kids that they could do whatever they want. And there's, and then we go back to our old ways as a parent. And then there's another way of showing them and telling them at the same time and reinforcing that, look at me, I'm doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I kid you not, I, in frustrations with my business, sometimes I, you know, I cry or there's other season in my business where I, I just want to give up and my kids see all that. And, and sometimes they're the ones that motivates me to keep going. 
Completely. I think, I think that's a huge part of motherhood is always wanting to be better because someone's always watching and learning and you want so much for your kids to be even better, um, have a better life than you had or just become better people. And you know, anytime I see something, oh, I wish they were doing this better. The first thing I do is think, oh, did I lose you? I don't know. I'm here. Okay. For some reason I lost your picture. Um, so the, the first thing I think is to look back on myself. Is this something I'm motivated to do? Um, I can definitely relate to what you've said about, you know, there's ups and downs with a business like this uh, and being aware that they're learning by watching with how you respond. And even something um, that I watch my boys deal with, with, whether it's negative comments or bullies at school, mm -hmm. usually they'll deal with online. Um, I see, you know, I, there are naturally over the three years I've been sharing my fitness journey, there have been negative comments and it's been mm. something that times can really bother you. And I thought, you know what, it's the perfect lesson of what I'm telling my boys, I need to respond the same way. And so, yes, I can relate to all of that. And I think no matter what, they are learning from you and the positives and the negatives. So it makes me want to always be better because... Mm. They're practicing all of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think like my, my kids, they're both of them want to be entrepreneurs. And I think no matter how hard they see me work and sometimes it can get so frustrating, they see that it's, I'm able to drop everything to be with them if, if I need to. And, and they are seeing that I can be present with them when I need to, or they are my number one priority. So it's kind of pulling them into, you know, mom, I want to go to school, do, do really good. And my oldest is a straight A student, but at the same time, like he wants to be an engineer, but at the same time, he says, I want to be an engineer, but I want to be an entrepreneur kind of engineer. So it, it's, it's really, it's really blossoming for them, you know, because they see you go through that and being able to have the freedom to do whatever you, you know, what's the, what's the number one priority in understanding family is so important for me. You know, I grew up in the Philippines, I had six siblings and our family ties is really is really strong even now that my brother lives in England and my other brother and sister lives in the Philippines still and my sister lives in LA and I live my mom lives in LA my dad's retired in the Philippines and I live in Portland Oregon and and we still have that bond no matter how much how many miles we're far away from each other and I'm able to if something happened drop everything I'm doing and and go be with my family I love that too. That's so important. What, uh, what is your, like, so you talked a little bit about growing up. Did you grow up in California? Well, it's, I was born there, but we did move around basically every two years. So to Florida, to Illinois, to Texas, Louisiana, I mean, just all around. And wow. I ended up in California 
when I went to high school and then I went to college out in Santa Barbara, UCSB, and I'd love to go back. I mean, we go back between every move. We always go back to Santa Barbara. That's my heart belongs there. Even all the places I've seen in the world, that's still my favorite. <laughs> wow, really? That says a lot about Santa Barbara. I've been to Santa Barbara and it's a really neat place. Yes, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. Except there was, there was a big fire around there, wasn't there? Yes, there was all around, and most of my family's in Orange County, too, um, but that whole area was definitely affected, which makes us nervous to eventually want to move out there, but, but yes, it's still a wonderful place. So are you guys, um, are you native to the United States? Yes, and we'll okay. actually be moving back to Virginia next summer, and we'll have a couple years back before we go out again which is good because we can reconnect with everybody, but also it's like you really get used to living abroad too. So you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about living abroad because you're in Hong Kong right now and do you speak the language or is that a struggle for you, especially with, does your kids go to school there? Yeah, so um, our kids go to school and actually in every place they've learned a different language. So it'll be funny to see if this really helps them long-term be able to truly pick up a language because it always changes every two years. But they're learning Mandarin in school. And but Hong Kong, what's been unique about it is everybody really speaks English. So it was probably wow. the easiest place to get used to because just about, I mean, there's a couple times you'll get in the taxi and there's a little bit of a difficulty, but for the most part, everybody speaks English. You can find anything you want. In a lot of the other places we lived, it was like, there were like five restaurants in Kyrgyzstan and you just had to be happy with what you had. <laughs> yeah. And the community, what's interesting about a place like Kurdistan, the expat community truly comes together and you really rely on each other. But a big place like Hong Kong, I mean, it's, it's like living in New York. It's a New York vibe, but then mm. you've got gorgeous beaches and it almost feels a little bit like Hawaii weather. Um, it's been fascinating and really definitely enjoyed it. But funny That's enough, fun. really my favorite place was Baku, Azerbaijan. Mm -hmm. And I think it was probably the community as well. And people spoke Russian there. I did not learn Russian. I learned a little bit, enough to get by. But <laughs> each place has its challenges. But it's exciting. Wow. That is good. You get exposed to a lot of um, different cultures. Definitely. Do you think that helps your kids in opening their minds up? Because I think that traveling because there's okay i went to asia and uh, most people that had traveled in asia and i'm from asia but i'd never been in any other parts of asia until 2013 i went to southeast asia um thailand laos cambodia vietnam and then back to thailand but um most people that were traveling there are are european it seems like and they call vacation a holiday in Europe. Yeah. So it seems like Americans are really scared of other places or um, they only go to Europe or they don't go anywhere at all. So do you think that's helping your kids be, you know, it's probably the best teacher for me. I learned so much backpacking Southeast Asia in 2013 than I ever had um, in my entire life about Asia. I even took a, a cooking class when I was in Thailand. So, oh, wow. yeah. 
a hundred percent. I think I, I, I can't relate to the types of experiences my boys are getting. I just think how incredible, because I think it's incredible. So for them, I think it's an amazing experience. I know they also say the only negative that can happen is you can become a third culture kid because you really aren't back in the States so much. So you identify mm. in a whole different way. But I think that's what's great with being able to go back for a couple of years. But the opportunities to see different parts of the world and really not only just know geography, but really be able to speak from experience and mm -hmm. getting to know different cultures. I think it's amazing. And I, I truly hope I, they love it right now. And I hope that keeps up so that we can continue. <laughs> yeah. Do they go to school in Hong Kong? Is that where you, you said I'm, I'm on my way home when I was messaging you and DMing you on <laughs> so I was dropping off my youngest at preschool and um, running right back. So luckily the schools are really close to my house. So that makes it easy. And my older ones do go off on the bus. And uh, yes, yeah, they, they've enjoyed it. The funny thing about Hong Kong versus some of the other places we've lived in now is that a lot of people have lived here for a really long time, whereas in Azerbaijan or Kyrgyzstan, there was a lot of turnover in the expat community and a lot of mm -hmm. these international schools, there was constantly new kids. Here, it was not as normal to be new. So again, I think it speaks to the kind of place Hong Kong is, is that it's so nice that people are just staying a long time or have been here since the beginning. So, um, but again, I think it's a great skill set to learn is how to be new. And mm -hmm. I, I know it was hard for me growing up moving every two years, but after a while, you learn to make friends pretty quickly because you've done it so many times. <laughs> well, it becomes a new norm too, you know? And you build that skill set of, you know, how do I make friends now? I'm in a new place. Yes. Right. So I've got, um, we've gone through about 30 minutes and I try to do it 30 to 40 minutes, just depending on our conversation. And I don't really much have like a structure or anything. I like to just get to know the person I'm interviewing with and really going with the flow so I, I do have um, a couple more questions for you. Do you read any personal development books? Is there anybody that you follow as a thought leader that really inspires you on social media? Um, recently, I just started following Gary V. <laughs> yes, I follow Gary. He's pretty yes. blunt. <laughs> Very blunt. Um, recently though it was interesting one of my closest friends that I actually connected with on IG and we ended up meeting out in California and doing a few workouts together she um, connected me with his page and I thought you know as much as it's blunt I think it speaks to um, many entrepreneurs because mm -hmm. you go through a lot of those ups and downs you question you know all the time you're putting into it and then all the people that would come like I wasn't just like networking with the people who were willing to say hi to me I'd be the one that would go up to the speaker at the event and be like, hey, let's be friends. I know. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's, it's like, uh, go straight to the source. <laughs> exactly. Like, I would Wow. mom was at an event, I would go up to her and be like, what's up? Let's be friends. Yeah. Like, it doesn't you know, phase me, the hierarchy of society or... You know, but I'll still, I'll do the same thing with the, like the janitor or somebody who's unemployed. It doesn't matter. because There's not, no label. There's no label. It's not for a purpose. Yeah. Where the energy connects. Exactly. It's where exactly. the energy is. And that's why, it's how I've grown it. 
to where it yes. is now. And then bringing in, I can't do it all on my own. So bringing in other mm-hmm. people who are like-minded, like me. Yes. And making yes. those connections. And then from that, fast forward fi- almost five years later, mm-hmm. I had gone and made friends with all the people that run organizations because those are my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Francine Reed with Voices, um, she does a huge event in Portland. If you've never been, she brings in amazing speakers. There's like a thousand women that go to these. It's called Voices Inc. Wow. And uh, we got together for coffee because obviously we're like, we got to hang out. And she is a completely different generation than I am. So she's much, much um, older than I am. And she's been around a long time. I think Voices has been around for 20 years. So it's ridiculous. Wow. Um, wow. So I was like, tell me about you. It's like, she told me about back in the day, there was something called the Pacific, like a, a Northwest Women's Summit, where a lot of the leaders from the, the, the different organizations locally got together on a quarterly basis. They talked about what challenges women were facing in the business in the, in the, in the area. And mm-hmm. it, it went along for a really long time, but it kind of fizzled and then just kind of went away. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't, it wow. wasn't sustainable. Uh, or sustainable. So I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> like, huh? I was like, yeah, let's do that. <sighs> so I'm not even joking you. She's like, oh, okay. You know, it sounds good. I could see it in her eyes. She was like, yeah, that's someday we'll do that. You know, I could feel <laughs> like, not kidding you. By the end of the day, I already had a Facebook group invites. Um, we had uh, so like everything, I had everything. I had a meeting set. I had a lunch meeting. I had a, you know, I had a location to host us. I was like, no, we're going to do this. We're creating the Pacific Northwest Women's Summit. And Francine's like, oh, I didn't know you were serious. I'm like, <laughs> I don't play around, Francine. I love people that move fast. Because like, I'm, I am not an analytical. I don't know if you are. Um, not really. It depends. I, I, I go I'm back. organized, but not analytical. You know, I have my organizations. I have my systems in place. I, I have, this is why I have to have systems because I'm not, I don't have that part of the brain of me that works really good. Right. Well, so I depend. It's not your strength. Yeah. It's not my strength. And I depend on systems and that's why I have to create systems. But you said something about outside sales that made me smile because a lot of times I think that people that are not in the realm of the networking scene or they're hiding in their office can sometimes see, see us as just like, I want their job. They're just having so much fun and they never work, you know? And I love our jobs because it doesn't feel like work when you are out and about, but there is a lot of work behind the scene <laughs> that, um, that happens. And I, and I was just talking to my hubby about it, that we, we work very hard and sometimes we don't have a paycheck for weeks. And then all of a sudden these hard work, that exposure that we do happens down the road, you know, but, but the work that we do is very different than the work that other people do. Mm-hmm. And they perceive it as we don't work. We just have fun. 
and it really is hard work you know as much as it looks fun i think that it needs to be communicated that we work our butts off Mm-hmm. And, you know, it requires those things. Then you also said something about when there's a speaker, you approach the speaker and, you know, you'll still talk to janitors and you'll still talk to the other people. But I think that's the part of us that intimidates people mm-hmm. because we immediately go to what's aligned, you know, what's aligning for us. We connect with those people and we're not afraid to go approach it mm-hmm. to tackle it and i think that's a really good quality of a leader in to be able to um and we don't mean to be intimidating we don't you know and if you are it, like you said i want to be i want to know them it's really cool to pick people's brain oh. don't you like thrive on that i love doing that hearing people's stories yeah in fact most of the so time- when did you create impactful women in this journey what made me create that? When did you create it in this journey? Like what made you create these impactful women events and impactful people events? Well, I mean, at first- Was that part of- Yeah, it was just, I mean, at first it was just to create, so with impactful women, it was just to create a group of women that were positive, like-minded, collaborative, and supporting each other. And um, I wanted it to be, you know, non-commitment. I didn't want people to have to go. I wanted people to want to go. Um, mm. I wanted to uh, have a non-membership-based organization. Uh, one of the things I found when I started um, in the startup that I was at and did the digital marketing was that, you know, mm. my job was to consult with businesses and find out how to help them with their marketing strategy. And I would find that there's, marketing is very costly, Um and the return, as you said earlier, is mm. sometimes not immediate. And so it's like, you have to decide, are you going to spend the money and not eat for a week or spend the money and not, you know, go and do anything fun and then hope it yields the results. Right. Um, so it's really like this mentality of if you're starting with nothing and you have all these organizations that you have to be paying into and you don't get to see the results for immediately results immediately how do you do that it's like robbing peter to pay paul you're like where do i and so i wanted it to be something that wasn't going to be a huge investment and that's why i was like nope no membership um meetups come when you want to no commitment everyone can come together and support each other and i always wanted to be i wanted it to be a really fun high energy loving environment Yes. And the focus of the group is not on the agenda. Mm-hmm. The focus is on the people. You know, we do these events and every time we do surveys after the event, wow. you know, I like connect fest, we had a huge connect fest and it was like the survey results came back and the thing that the people loved like 75% more than everything else was the people. Wow. It's the job. It's the connections. And that was what the whole purpose was and still is. The purpose, the connections and the people and the growth. And I wanted to create these low cost, no barrier opportunities for people to do that on a very non-threatening, non-obligated platform. 
and it's just grown and grown and grown. I mean, we have like 2,700 wow. followers and it's all organic. Like this is word of mouth. Someone yes. came to the event, loved the event, told their friend, told their friend, telephone, you know. And so, you know, we've been really trying to just maintain, you know, we don't need right. to be huge. We're not, my goal is not to take over all of networking in the world. My goal is mm -hmm. to have the best, you know, most available group for everyone to connect in this area. That's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. I really like your connect fest. It's been, I've gone, I didn't go last year because of some family stuff that we, I think we traveled last year, but you know, every time I'm in town, I'm always, I've always gone because it's such an enjoyable event. Plus I see a lot of familiar faces, you know, and you get to hang out with some people that maybe you haven't hung out with in all in one event. <laughs> right? It's really cool what you've done and I commend you for all that. Thank right. You. So now you've transitioned into having your own business called impactful sales solutions. And I'm hearing a lot, a lot of great feedbacks surrounding the programs that you have really launched and you started with, you know, the program where there's the sales program and then now you have the managerial program, like just up leveling different programs for different people in different levels in their industry. Yeah. So tell Tell everyone about that and how that transitioned into now, the Erica laws now that, you know, you have impactful people, you've talked about that. Let's talk about impactful sales solutions. Yeah. And so that's actually really fun because um, I decided I wanted to be a sales strategist um, in just one night. I was literally sitting <laughs> home with my husband at the time and I was like, you know, uh, I had gotten uh, laid off from a position where I had gone back to trying to just have a, you know, a nine to five mm -hmm. supervisor role in a call center. I knew what I, you know, that was my go-to comfort zone. And uh, I was told at that company that I was not a culture fit. Mm. And it was the best thing that they, anyone has ever said, because with the company I was with, it was so off of where my mindset is, I was like, thank you. Thank you for telling me I'm not a culture fit. Because if I was, I'm completely doing everything wrong. At that point, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not a culture fit. Um, I'm going to figure out what I want to do next. I, I mean, I don't have a degree. I have no education. Um, I raised my son. And I did what I did I needed to do in order to make an income. So I'm like, well, what experience do I have? You know, that I can mm -hmm. go do something. And he, I'm, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I keep, at all these events, all of the impactful events, I keep running into these amazingly talented people. Like they're really good at their craft. They know, you know, about their industry or their product. But they have absolutely no idea how to communicate that to people and a lot of it isn't their fault they just they they're ignorant to it they don't have any kind of experience learning how to build value and how to training tips it's like it's no one's fault it's just not mm -hmm. that and i was like that's it I'm like, there's a problem there's a there's an opportunity 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I have all this knowledge and I built up the skin and I built up the skill sets and I built up, you know, the ability to communicate and connect. And I've worked all this time on this stuff. Now I get to share that back. Now I get to help other people learn how to build relationships and build value and lifelong customers. I'm like, this is my jam. You know, I used to do all of the classes um, at my last company um, before that one uh, for onboarding for the uh, behavioral aspect of selling. Wow. And uh, I missed it. That was one of the things, you know, being an outside sales rep, like, I missed it. I missed teaching. I missed training. And so I was like, really seriously taking a look that night, I was reflecting. I'm like, what do I love doing? What do I want to do? Because in my point in my life, I am not going to do something I do not love. I would rather be broke. than. I hear you, sister. <laughs> I would rather be broke than be somewhere and spend my time conforming to what their idea of leadership or a good job is. Yes. And I will, and I did that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to start these workshops. I'm going to start doing these workshops. It'll be great. I have a ton of people who need them. I want them to be affordable. I want people to be there because they, they are willing and open to learn and they know that they don't have that skill set. Mm -hmm. so I, I want uh, personal development minded people that want to come through and add a skill set that I can contribute from 20 years of sales experience. And so I was like, I'm going to make these workshops. I'm like, cool. So I created my, my business, <clears throat> I had my business license and everything done within a half an hour because you wow. know, I know, I know, and I act. So I did it. I was like, oh, I have, I have a chamber membership. I'm going to start doing them at the workshops, at the chamber. So I started doing my workshops at the chamber. And it was funny because I think it was two, two weeks into my workshops because I was starting my business. Kelly Love at the time, who's amazing, uh, came up to me. She was a CEO at the chamber. And it's like, hey, Erica, um, I have this open position. You know, it's a marketing and events director. I think you'd be perfect for it. What do you think? And at that time, I'm like, well, I just started my business. Oh, so you actually already started before that position. Yeah, I started my oh. business years ago. Three years ago. Wow. Before that's I was in there hosting my workshop when they came to me about the full-time position. Oh, okay. So at that point, I'm like, well, you know, universe, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to have to do that. But I wasn't willing to give up my business. I was like, yes, I can do that. I'll be, it sounds like a great opportunity. I really wanted to learn more about marketing and I wanted to really be educated in that aspect. Uh, and learn more about that. So I was like, great opportunity and throwing events. I love throwing events anyway. I'd already done it for impactful. I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I said, the re I'll do this if I can still do my workshops at the chamber as my own separate business and work at the chamber. And she's like, okay. I mean, it's of value to my people anyway, members anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I did that and I started doing it. And so I've done it the whole time I was working there for two years. I did my sales workshops. And it was wow. amazing. I loved it. And I would, I've, I've had so many people that literally have said their lives have changed just from a workshop. Wow. And that's what drives me. That's amazing. 
you. That's the, you know, seeing these results for people have just like completely blown me away. It's my life purpose. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. So that, that safe thing, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the right thing to do, right? Like you rather yeah. plunk it down. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But the thing is, is who tells you that tonight you could win the lottery or perhaps like, you it's know, true. you get like some winnings from the Philippines or, you know, yeah. somehow you get randomly, like just always be open, right? And sometimes it's funny because exactly. I taught a class this morning on plot twists. That's one of like my favorite subjects. Why? Because I used to hate them. But then I realized that everything that I am today is a result of major plot twists. So at the time mm -hmm. they felt uncomfortable and they were difficult and some of them showed up as an adversity or a setback. But in those difficult moments, I developed all the muscles that I'm now a champ at. And so it's sort of like this, this balance between like being willing to lean into the discomfort and to not, not be like, no, this sucks, you know, this is terrible. It is terrible <laughs> and it sucks. And if it's there, it's there and there's something in it for you, right? Um, so many times I feel like every adversity is for you to learn detachment and impermanence, yeah. you know, that's, that's something that I've learned this year, the impermanence, wow. because I mean, I made over a million dollars in two years, like since infinite receiving came to me. So this, this receiving thing is real. It's so real in my life. And this year it's not been nearly quite as fast and as popping as the previous years were. Right. And I think it was by design. I know it was by design because I've had to go deeper and sort mm -hmm. of like accept myself even when I wasn't in that spotlight and, and realize that this year has been about like welcoming love. Like I now live with my love and man, like living with a new person, it's like, you know, first person I've lived, second person I've lived with in my life. And 